from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Thursday edition, President Biden was at the NATO headquarters in Brussels today, meeting with European allies. Following the meeting, President Biden held a press conference and said this. NATO has never, never been more united than it is today. Putin is getting exactly the opposite what he intended to have as a consequence of going into Ukraine. Is NATO unity the issue that will stop Putin's devastating attack on Ukraine, or is it NATO action? We'll talk with Florida Congressman Mike Waltz, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, a little later here on Washington Watch. And this afternoon, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell made this announcement from the Senate floor. President Biden said he would only nominate a judicial activist. Unfortunately, we saw no reason to suspect that he accidentally did the opposite. I will vote against this nominee on the Senate floor. I was Senator Mitch McConnell earlier today saying that he would vote against President Biden's nomination for the United States Supreme Court. We'll talk about it later. Also, for the first time in four years, North Korea has fired an intercontinental ballistic missile. Is this the result of a world that is distracted by what is happening in Ukraine? Or is this another test of the resolve of a Biden administration that has repeatedly signaled weakness? Missouri Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler joins us with an answer. And from the world of make-believe, Disney announced on Monday that they would take action against Texas for the state's order to investigate trans medical procedures on children as child abuse. What does it mean to take action against Texas? We'll talk with Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton a little later. And this announcement by Disney's leadership following their public flogging by LGBTQ activists for not opposing Florida's parental rights bill should remove any doubt about who controls the strings on Disney. Justin Danhoff, executive vice president of the National Center for Public Policy Research, recently confronted Disney CEO over their leftist leanings. Justin joins us later to tell us about it. And last night, the Family Research Council Action, FRC Action, filed a federal lawsuit against the Biden administration. I'll explain later here on Washington Watch just what that lawsuit is about. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss anything, you can find it all later, archived at TonyPerkins.com. In fact, it's shareable. Share it with your friends. Let them know what's happening across our nation. Our verse for today, coming from Stand on the Word, our two-year journey through the Bible, is Numbers chapter 23, verses 8 and 20. And it reads as follows. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom God, the Lord, has not denounced? He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. The wayward prophet Balaam was enticed by Balak, the king of Moab, to curse the people of Israel as they were about to cross into the promised land. All three attempts to curse ended in Balaam speaking a prophetic word of blessing over Israel. You know what God has blessed, all the demons in hell cannot curse. They can harass and hinder with their demonic demonic, I'll get that out there, they're demonic schemes, but God has the final word over your life. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has spoken a blessing over your life. Walk in the confidence of that blessing. To join us in this two-year Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, as I mentioned earlier today, North Korea repeatedly test-fired, or reportedly test-fired a long-range ballistic missile that analysts say soared higher and longer than the one it launched back in November of 2017, 
which was the first time North Korea demonstrated the capability of striking the continental United States. The launch violated a United Nations ban on testing ballistic missiles by North Korea. Is this the result of a world that's distracted by events in Ukraine, or is this another test of the resolve of an administration that has repeatedly signaled weakness? Joining me now to talk about this and more is Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. She is a member of the House Armed Services Committee. She represents the 4th Congressional District of the state of Missouri. Congresswoman Hartzler, welcome back to the program. Well, hello, Tony. Good to be here. Well, before we get into North Korea, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell was on the Senate floor about an hour ago announcing his opposition to Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Your thoughts? Well, I share his concern. I mean, this is a, a judge who seems to be like an activist judge, and she's soft on those who have uh, committed child pornography and by sentencing them when she was a judge to less than what the prosecutors want, less than the guidelines had called for. And it was really uh, baffling how when Senator Blackburn asked her if she could define a woman, how she said that she couldn't, that she's not a doctor, she doesn't know biology. Well, it's pretty simple. God made them male and female. And I think that's very troubling that she can't define what a woman is. And it makes you wonder how she's going to rule in a lot of these cases dealing with gender confusion. Uh, You're exactly right. In fact, I'd like to play that clip because it it is so outrageous that people don't even believe that it could be the case. But I want to play this clip of that exchange that took place earlier uh, in the week. Clip number five, please. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- this has great significance in what is unfolding in our country today. I mean, you've been leading the charges. You've spoken out about this issue. In fact, uh, Twitter came after you for uh, defending women's sports. This very likely is going to end up before the courts. Something pertaining to women's sports, I feel confident, will land before the United States Supreme Court. And you have a justice here that can't even define a woman? Oh, it is uh, an upside-down world that we're living in. I mean, I, I think we're back to the, the book, The Emperor's New Clothes, where a child had to actually speak truth to adults. I think most people and children certainly can say, this is a woman and this is a man, and yet we have adults in the society, leaders, politicians, and now judges who just seem confused about this very basic thing. And what is a woman? What is a man? We're uh, having women's sports being decimated uh, where colleges and others are allowing biological males to compete on women's teams. And they are winning. They're taking their scholarships and their records and their, their trophies. It is absolutely ludicrous. And then when I speak out and simply say that women's sports should be for women, not men pretending to be women, uh, Twitter says that I have violated their hateful conduct uh, rules. And so they suspend my account and uh, they won't reinstate it unless I take that down. And I told them they can have their account back. I'm not going to quit speaking truth and common sense and what every person really knows deep down in their heart. Now, Congresswoman Hartzell, let me ask you this question. This is my perception, but you are crisscrossing the state of of Missouri. You've been out there a lot in the last several months. My perception as I travel the country and talk to people is that the American citizens realize this for what it is. It's nonsense. It's it's insanity. 
but yet the um, the regulators of speech like Twitter and those that are in these positions like some like uh, the court or other places who are fearful of the the left mob, uh, they won't speak truth. But the American people realize what this is. It's nonsense. It is. Polling shows that the vast majority of Missouri of Americans say this is crazy. Uh, they get it that uh, women's sports should be for women and not males. It's not uh, hard. It's not a confusing issue. And yet the elitist of our country seem to think that they know better. And you're right, it is based in fear. And that is a sad place to be, that you can't speak truth because you're afraid that somebody is going to, to uh, silence you in this woke, woke world that we live in. But the good news is, is that there's a lot more of us that have common sense than those who are trying to silence us. I believe we all need to continue to speak out and that we ultimately can prevail in this. We've had over 11 states that have passed state laws that have protected women's sports. There's two pieces of legislation in Congress that I've co-sponsored that would protect women's sports. Uh, you know, Title IX is a federal piece of legislation that was passed in 1972 uh, and I benefited from it as an athlete in high school to make sure that uh, girls have equal opportunity in education. And that includes in scholarships and in academia, but also in sports. And so Congress does have a role in this. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to pass legislation that says, basically, if you're an institution that receives Title IX monies from the federal government, that you can't let biological males uh, compete in women's sports. So we will see. I'm hopeful we'll take the majority in the House and the Senate next year. And this is something that we can pass because uh, common sense is with us. Truth is with us. But certainly the American people are with us as well. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. Speaking of fear, sometimes it's good when your enemies fear you. And it appears that North Korea does not have fear, especially when it comes to the United States. What do you make of North Korea's latest missile, missile launch? Well, it is just another test of Biden's weakness. They saw what happened in Afghanistan and the, the horrible debacle of our leaving our Americans behind, leaving 90-some billion dollars worth of equipment behind. It was just uh, a terrible show of leadership, so weak. And Putin has realized that, and that's what's prompted him to help uh, go after his long-term goal of taking back Ukraine. And it's just heartbreaking uh, how he is attacking the innocent free people of Ukraine. And now Kim Jong-un is also empowered and emboldened by this weakness. And so he is trying to show his strength and say, hey, you need to take the sanctions off of, of my country. I have this capability. He's basically threatening us, threatening us as Americans by shooting off this ICBM that potentially could reach the shores of this country. And he is saying, look, I have military strength and you don't have political will or uh, just the capability to stop me. And that is very concerning when you have Xi Jinping, the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, who has long wanted to take on and take out Taiwan and reunify it with China. Uh, we're very, very concerned in watching what China is doing, if they will be emboldened and try to do that as well. And it all stems from the weakness of President Biden. We must have peace through strength. We must continue to build up our military capabilities. Set, when we set a red line, we need to act. And this administration is not being strong at all. And we're all at danger because of it, in danger. 
From your vantage point on the House Armed Services Committee, and I know you've kept your finger on the pulse of many of these uh, international threats, how far do you think Kim Jong-un would go in his threat to the United States and to others? I don't think he would actually launch one into our country. He would know that it would be immediate retaliation and and he and his country would be decimated with a response of, of nuclear weapons. But it's still very disconcerting for South Korea, for Japan, for our other allies in the region. Um, and it's going to make it more difficult to be able to do, uh, you know, to keep them free. Uh, they've got to be concerned. We need to do increased military uh, exercises with our allies. We need to make sure that we keep our uh, forces there uh, in South Korea and in, in uh, on Japan and Okinawa uh, to not back down. We can't let Kim Jong-un think that he has made any progress by threatening this way. He's a thug and we need to stand strong against him. You're absolutely right. Strength is the way to peace. It is contrary to the left's thinking, but history shows that is, in fact, the way that we obtain peace. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Always great to talk with you. Thank you, Tony. Take care. All right, folks, still to come, I'm going to give you the details on FRC action filing a federal lawsuit against the Biden administration. That's coming up a little later. But next, President Biden was in Europe today meeting with NATO and G7 allies for emergency session on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What has come out of those meetings so far? We'll talk about this with Congressman Mike Waltz after the break. So don't go away. A lot more Washington Watch still to come. Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, it is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's Word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The Center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the Church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why Scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools, communities, and the public square. The experts at the center address and provide resources on issues like religious liberty, abortion, voting, marriage, and sexuality. To access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series, go to frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including blogs, interviews, and publications, Sign up at frc.org slash subscriptions. 
At Family Research Council, it is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've decided to be proactive to make sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. That is why we've created a tech subscription platform. If we get canceled, you can stay informed and still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, today marks one month since Russia invaded Ukraine. And President Biden spent the day in Brussels meeting with NATO and G7 allies for emergency sessions on Russia's brutal war against Ukraine. The leaders of the 30-member NATO alliance and the G7 also heard directly via video from Ukrainian President Zelensky who repeated requests for continued and increased security assistance from the West. Joining me now to talk about this is Congressman Mike Waltz, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, a decorated special forces officer. He serves the 6th Congressional District of the Sunshine State. He joins us by phone. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be with you, Tony. Thanks. So let me just start with this. What are your thoughts uh, thus far on what has come out of the president's trip to Europe? You know, <laughs> Tony, I'd, I'd give it mixed. Uh, you know, we certainly welcome uh, the additional sanctions. Uh, I'm glad he's there. Uh, you know, and President Zelensky and his speech to Congress really challenged Biden to, to step up to be the leader of the free world. Uh, but I wanted to see more. I wanted to see uh, the, a, a Marshall Plan uh, for American energy. Uh, along with a strategy for Europe to get off of Russian energy. I wanted to see renewed uh, demands from the United States that the Europeans step up their own defense spending and stop relying on the American taxpayer to subsidize their own uh, defense. I think we saw uh, a lot from, um, uh, from all of the European nations in terms of support for Zelensky uh, and the Ukrainian resistance, but they need to move those that lethal aid faster and send more of it. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen a stronger stand uh, in terms of red lines uh, when it comes to the weapons of mass destruction and uh, when it comes to possible Chinese support of Russia uh, with military aid. So I'd give it I'd give it a C. I, I want to go to a, a clip uh, during a press the press conference that he had after his meeting today. President Biden was asked whether he emboldened Vladimir Putin by ruling out military intervention too quickly. I want to play that exchange uh, with the uh, between an ABC reporter and President Biden. Uh, play that clip, please. You've made it very clear in this conflict that you do not want to see World War III. But is it possible that in expressing that so early that you were too quick to rule out direct military intervention in this war, could Putin have been emboldened knowing that you are not going to get involved directly in this conflict? 
No one no. Uh, your response, Congressman? Yes and yes, <laughs> Tony. Uh, and, and it's actually refreshing to see um, uh, some tough questions from Main Street media uh, of this White House. But look, no one wants World War III. But Putin does not want World War III. He knows he faces the United States military. He loses. But what Biden has done, uh, one, he undercut his own diplomacy by pulling hard power off the table. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe a security guard uh, at a bank going up to the potential uh, robbers and saying, please don't rob this bank, but I want to let you know I left my gun. Uh, So that's one piece, right? Uh, But the other piece is by continuing to – by continuing to let fear of escalation drive his foreign policy, uh, he's actually emboldened Putin, and Putin will continue to escalate. He's going to push until he meets steel, and we need to make those red lines very clear. Let me talk for a moment about some, what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. We're a month into this, and Vladimir Putin thought he would roll right through Ukraine, but the resistance has been remarkable. But there has been some preparations. Uh, the, the U.S. Army's Green Berets have been quietly helping over the last uh, several years prepare Ukraine, Ukrainian forces for something just like this. Tell us about it. Well, you know, Green Berets specialize in, in training foreign militaries around the world. And after uh, the first invasion in 2014, Uh, Both our special forces and even uh, the National Guard, the Florida National Guard, began training the Ukrainians at at various levels. Clearly, that training is paying off. Uh, Under the Trump administration, we finally uh, uh, began giving the Ukrainians lethal aid. Remember, uh, infamously, Obama threw blankets at the problem after they were invaded, after Ukraine was invaded the first time. But Trump gave lethal aid. Uh, We began training them on it. We also began training them on how to conduct a partisan resistance, how to gather groups of civilians uh, to fight for themselves, to frustrate uh, a potential invader, how to conduct urban warfare, uh, which we're seeing now uh, in the cities. But still, uh, I don't think uh, rolling into this administration over the last year, we gave the Ukrainians truly what they needed to fight until it was too late. They were begging Practically last year when I was out there on a visit for stingers, uh, the Biden White House said no. It was too provocative of Putin. Uh, They were begging for anti-ship missiles to defend their ports. That was also stamped as as too provocative. And again, this kind of passive, um, back-footed approach from the Biden administration is what I believe uh, was part of what uh, made Putin think he could get away with this so easily. Uh, Congressman, we we only have about 30 seconds left, but you mentioned civilians. Reports that uh, Moscow is forcibly taking civilians from Ukraine back to Russia. Any validity to those reports? Uh, I've asked for a briefing on that. I'll look forward to to getting more classified briefings next week. I've seen that same reporting. uh, And under the Geneva Convention, under the, the Charter of the International Criminal Courts, that is a that is a war crime. Forcible relocations. Uh, of civilians uh, is a war crime. Uh, I was pleased to see uh, the administration 
label what Putin is doing formally as war crimes. But what they need to do as a next step is start naming individual generals because you want to sow doubt in those generals' minds that they'll be able to get away with it. Absolutely. Uh, that, that is absolutely the case. Congressman Mike Waltz, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, stepping out to, uh, to talk with us this afternoon. Okay, thanks so much, Tony. All right, coming up from the land of make-believe, Disney is reportedly planning to take action against Texas's efforts to protect children from castration, puberty blockers, and infertility inducers. What does take action mean? I don't know. We'll discuss this next after the break with the Attorney General of the state of Texas, Ken Paxton, who last month determined such procedures are child abuse. Stay tuned. More Washington Watch to come. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets, and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, over the past three weeks, LGBT activists have been bullying the Walt Disney Corporation into taking action against legislation that they claim is hateful. Now, Disney has removed all doubt that despite their Pinocchioian claims to the contrary, LGBTQ activists control the strings on Disney. Failing to fully engage against Florida's parental rights bill earlier this month when the strings were pulled by activists, Disney leadership has announced this week that they would take action against Texas's effort to protect children from castration, 
puberty blockers and infertility inducers, procedures that the Texas Attorney General determined last month to be child abuse under Texas law. Joining me now to talk about this is the Attorney General for the Lone Star State, Ken Paxton. General Paxton, welcome back to the program. Always glad to be on, Tony. Thanks a lot. All right, before we get into Disney's actions, the the Texas Third Court of Appeals uh, put on hold the investigations by the state into these child abuse um, actions, uh, which could be the the uh, these actions regarding trans treatment, which could be uh, child abuse. You have filed uh, with the Texas Supreme Court. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it's uh, Austin Court, appeals court, relatively liberal, very democratic. Uh, put it on hold, put a stay on on the investigations by by the state, and we're hopeful that the Texas Supreme Court will recognize the ability of the governor and, and the agencies that serve under him to investigate what we believe under Texas law is child abuse. I mean, it's the, it's it's the law, Texas law. You were asked by a state legislator, state lawmaker, what does the law say? You told them what, according to the review, the law says. And as a result, the state has acted upon that. Now, Disney, earlier this week at a company-wide meeting with staffers, the leadership reportedly announced that it plans to take action against Texas on this issue. I mean, what kind of action are they talking about? You know, that's such a great question, because when I saw that, I read the article, I had the same question. I'm like, what is Disney going to do to Texas? We're following our state law. Unless they want to come in and, you know, unelect our legislature and have them change the laws, I don't think that Disney is, 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 uh, is as powerful as they may be. Uh, I don't think they have the ability to, to change state law in Texas, not, not that I know of. I mean, it, it's not like they have a park there in Texas that they can threaten to shut down, which would actually be a good thing. Um, but what this shows is that Disney is stepping up their efforts really to oppose parents, uh, because what we're talking about here is we're, we're talking about protecting children. We're talking about, in many cases, parental rights, which is what triggered this thing many, many years ago. Um, I mean, what do you make of Disney? Well, you know what? I, this is a shocking issue to me. We're talking about children. These, these are, I've, I've had four children. They're now adults in their 20s. Um, I don't think they would have liked too much if I had changed their, their, their sex uh, irrevocably or changed body parts or given them some type of chemical treatment that took away their choices when they were an adult. This is really a decision in the end that needs to be made by an adult person, not a parent who's making a decision for a six-year-old or an eight-year-old, a permanent decision that's irrevocable. It's just, in my opinion, I don't even know why we're talking about this and why this is even an issue. Now, so we're very clear on this. What under Texas law you have determined to be child abuse are those things that are uh, once they're done, they can't be changed. You're locking ch- children into a path that would change their sex that would be irrevocable. You, you, you cannot change them. It cannot be turned around. This is a permanent change of their uh, of their body or it would be uh, you know, very harmful on them. Yeah, and I think that anybody who's had children knows that they, they change, right? They, they, they change when they're five, they change when they're eight, they change when they're teenagers, and they change when they become older. 
it's the reason we don't let, you know, children make certain decisions like signing contracts or make other irrevocable changes in their life. Um, it, it only makes sense to let something that is going to permanently change them either through some type of chemical treatment or some type of surgery and affect their ability to have children and affect their ability to uh, and it doesn't make sense to take that away from them. And, and that's what we're talking about here, things that are either through chemical modification or change or surgeries. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about counseling. We're not talking about them claiming to be the opposite sex. We're talking about taking medical steps that would change their bodies that could be, as you said, they're permanent. Yeah, and I try to make that point to people that this is, I mean, these are, these are children that we are going to they would have a traumatic impact on their future. And if it's, if an adult wants to make that, that's up to them. It's their decision, and they, they, they can change their life forever if they want to. But a child should have, have the opportunity to make that decision later on in life. Agree 100 uh, percent. Attorney General Paxton, thanks so much for joining us. When do you expect to hear something from the Texas Supreme Court? I'm hopeful that it's very soon because we need to get back to having these investigations for sure. Yeah. It's been amazing, folks, to watch how the media has dealt with this. I mean, the media has just become intoxicated with this whole trans thing. They're tripping over themselves to, I guess, in their wokeness. I don't know. It's, it's, it's quite amazing how, well, I mean, it's just, it's fantasy. It's, it's a make-believe world, and they expect everybody to live in it. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk more about Disney's response to the legislation and what's really happening behind the uh, the big mouse ears. But I'm also going to share with you about FRC Action's lawsuit. So don't go away. We're back after this. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. 
to access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted. Go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Attention university students. Are you looking for an internship that will help you grow as a Christian leader and allow you to positively influence the culture? Then Family Research Council's internship program is for you. FRC's life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program will prepare and equip you for the next step in your professional journey. You'll enjoy a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training. All of these offerings were created to aid you in your personal and professional development. As an intern, you will have the opportunity to work side-by-side with our experts in policy, communications, event planning, and more. The real-world experience you gain will prepare you to pursue a career of influence and make a difference wherever God calls you. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. The Freedom Convoys that started in Canada and then rolled across the United States revealed something simple yet profound to many Americans. Each of us, using what we have right where we are, can stand up and defend what is valuable and important to us. For those who listen to Washington Watch regularly, You've heard me say before, our form of government, this constitutional republic of ours, was made for participants, not spectators. We all, and I emphasize all, have a part to play in preserving the freedoms that we have been entrusted with. Over the last two years, we watched the overreaching arm of governments impose one mandate after another on the American people. Many of these mandates have been lifted either by court action or by government officials who reluctantly responded to the growing public pushback. Nothing has become more symbolic, I believe, of these overreaching government mandates than the mask mandates that have literally muzzled the American people. Now, the critics would say, how can you make such a claim? It's very simple. Follow the science. From the start, there was little, if any, scientific support for the claim that masks prevent the introduction, transmission, and spread of COVID-19. The science supporting a position opposed to the mandates was limited initially, but not anymore. Studies now not only show that the masks are actually ineffective, but the science screams that the mask mandates are actually harmful, especially to children. Studies show these masks are linked to skin issues, carbon dioxide in the blood, anxiety, and depression, which outweighs any possible benefit of mask mandates. For this reason, many schools have either been forced to or have voluntarily dropped their mask mandates. The primary area where the mask mandates continue is the federal government's mask mandates that consist of masks on planes. But again, the science that those on the left repeatedly point to as justification acting as if the rest of America can't read, doesn't even come close to supporting their mandate. According to epidemiologists, the air filtration systems on airplanes make them one of the safest public places on Earth in terms of viruses. The HEPA 
filters on commercial aircraft capture more than 99% of airborne particles. The air changes on those planes about every two minutes. So if the science doesn't support the mask mandate, why do we have them? Well, for some in government, it is designed to pacify, to make people feel safe, since some have seized upon the pandemic to scare people into hiding. But for others, the leftist, that occupy positions of authority, it is about control. Initially, I believe the intentions of those in government were genuine in seeking the well-being of people in the face of a relatively unprecedented challenge. But it wasn't long after that that we had mayors like Eric Simmons in Greenville, Mississippi, ordering churches to close and then having police write citations to church members who sat in their parked cars on the church parking lot listening to a drive-in service. We had governors like California's Gavin Newsom, who shut down churches, fined them millions of dollars, and threatened them with arrest when they refused to comply. It became evident that this was about more than public safety. This was about political power and control. And I began to warn pastors and others to not look at the response to this pandemic as a, as a one-off, a once-in-a-lifetime event. Instead, we needed to look at this as a harbinger of things to come. What we accepted in terms of the infringement upon our rights in this health emergency would become the norm in the next. That's why last night, FRC Action, the political arm of the Family Research Council, filed a federal lawsuit against President Biden and his mask mandate. We've watched others file suits that have not succeeded, and we've watched those at various state and local levels that have succeeded. As a result, we've crafted a unique lawsuit, equipped with the knowledge of what has prevailed in court and what has not. This challenge, we believe, can lead to the striking down of the federal mask mandate as an unjustified overreach of the federal government. Our goal is to ensure the mask mandate cannot be reinstated in the future at the whim of any leftist who wants to exercise control over the American people. We are joining with the truckers, doing what we can with what we have to preserve what we've been entrusted with, our freedom. It's time to end this government overreach. And if you think so, I'd like to hear from you. Is it time to end this government overreach? Well, Take our poll. Text the word poll to 67742. That's 67742, the word poll, and uh, take it. And I'll share the results with you at the end of the program. Again, text the word poll to 67742. All right. In our last segment, we spoke with the Attorney General of Texas about Disney's plan to take action against the Lone Star State's effort to protect children from permanent modifications to their bodies, either surgically or through chemicals. Now, what led to that decision by Disney's leadership is a combination of factors, one of which is pressure from shareholders and LGBTQ activists who have been engaging in shareholder activism. Unknown to most, you need only to have one share of a publicly traded company to attend a shareholder meeting. After discovering this, my next guest decided to do the same thing and has been doing it for a number of years. But in order to engage companies from a right-of-center perspective. So 
what was the outcome of a current shareholder meeting at Disney in which my next guest confronted the CEO? Well, joining me now to tell us all about it is Justin Danhoff, Executive Vice President of the National Center for Public Policy Research, and he is behind the Stop Corporate Tyranny campaign that is fighting the left's nearly complete takeover of corporate America. Justin, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. It's always great to talk with you. All right. So you attended a Disney shareholder meeting um, recently, and you confronted the CEO about the leftist policies of Disney. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, based on the great work of uh, Chris Rufo, who's been exposing a lot of um, corporate trainings that are related to uh, critical race theory and so-called anti-racism, we uncovered a trove of documents of Disney uh, making their employees do things such as fill out uh, white privilege checklists, uh, put themselves on hierarchies based on race, sexual identity, gender, and the like. So we just put a shareholder resolution into Disney, letting them know that there's a couple of risks involved with going down this road. First of all, it's creating a hostile work environment. There was actually a group of Disney employees that uh, sent a letter that was obtained by the Daily Wire anonymously to the leadership at Disney, basically saying if they're right of center or a person of faith, they no longer feel welcome at all at the Walt Disney Company. Think about that. You cannot work for an entertainment company, a, a, a you know the magical kingdom, if you are right of center these days in, in 2022. And so our resolution really highlighted the reputational and legal risks involved in, in continuing to go down this route. Um, but suffice it to say, Disney, Disney's management, and the company's board all opposed our efforts. Um, and, and the resolution was defeated, but our voice was heard. What's your sense among the uh, the majority of the shareholders? I mean, are they in lockstep with uh, this uh, leftist-leaning uh, uh, Disney leadership? The shareholders who invest in Disney to make money, absolutely not. But the shareholders that use their voice, yes, they are with Disney's management. And so, for example... In advance of the March 9th shareholder meeting, Bob Chapik, the CEO of Disney, actually took a neutral stance on Florida's parental rights legislation when it regards sexual content being foisted on kindergarten through third grade individuals. Except the leftist spoke up so loud that during the shareholder meeting, Chapik reversed course, said the company was joining the human rights campaign and 150 other companies to oppose Florida's legislation, not only that, they are preemptively opposing parental rights legislation in any state that would dare put one forward. That was the announcement that, that Chapik made. He folded like a cheap suit. It shows that he's got no corporate spine, no courage as an individual. Uh, he's a very feeble man, and he's who's running the helm at Disney. And again, it's we need more voices on the right to come and speak out at these shareholder meetings, because I have to tell you, Tony, I was encouraged by a few voices that backed our resolution this year, but the vast majority of activist investors who show up, they're pushing their affinity issues from the LGBTQ community, and they're doing it in very large numbers, and they're backed by some of the biggest investors, uh, such as BlackRock and State Street. So we've, we've got quite a road uh, ahead of us, but I, I, I'm encouraged that there are more voices in this fight on the right than there ever have been. But look, we have parents who are showing up at school board meetings. They're taking over school boards. They're recalling terrible members uh, because they want to protect their children. 
right? Because the left wants to, what do they want to do? They view God and parents as the enemy. They want to control what children see, the narratives that they're given. I'm glad that folks are showing up and parents are showing up to bring back their parental rights when it comes to schools. But just know that you can do the same thing in the corporate arena as well, because corporate America wants to control what your children see, the content. And believe me, they want to corrupt your family and your culture. And so you can fight in the schools, but you can also fight at the corporate level. Well, I think the actions of Disney also make very clear that they want to use the company to make an in-run around parents and create uh, content that is objectionable to these parents. They, they, they want to, as you said, it's not just those outside leftists. I mean, it's the inside leftists of Disney who have no res- regard for, for God or for their parents. Yeah, that's right. I mean, no, no regard is putting it lightly. I mean, they, they have, uh, you know, complete disregard for, for uh, faith and the family. And so, again, there's an ample opportunity, as you pointed out, if you want to get involved with Disney, I mean, their share price is sinking. I think it's about 92 bucks or something these days. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere around there. For one share, you can have your voice be heard. So let me let me go back to uh, the meeting you were in, and uh, you, as you said, the, the CEO uh, chastised by the left and now pledging to not only engage in Florida, but as I mentioned earlier, to go to Texas. And then you said anywhere these these parental rights bill pop up, Disney's going to oppose them. W- what does that mean? What what are they going to do? I mean, uh, I mean, are they going to send right. out uh, Mickey and Goofy? I mean, what are they going to do? Well, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, They committed $5 million to leftist organizations that rally in states to oppose such legislation. So they're they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're going to work to stop the legislative process in conservative states. And we should also really stop for a moment to point out the hypocrisy of all of this, right? You know, you talk about uh, Texas banning abortion after 15 months. There's similar legislation in Florida. Well, what about France? Right. France has for a long time banned abortion after 12 weeks. Is Disney going to close Disney Paris anytime soon? I don't think so. You know, are they going to keep showing their films in in France? Of course they are. And so it's very interesting where we've got a company that constantly moralizes to Americans, but they say nothing about foreign countries and atrocities such as the slave labor camps uh, where they film film Mulan. We don't even have time to get into China uh, and, and the duplicity there and the, the hypocrisy. Um, is this on the part of some of these left? You said the human rights campaign. They give them, you know, five million dollars. Is this so also some of these groups on the left? Isn't this a shakedown of corporate America to some degree? To some degree, um, it, it, it follows the old Jesse Jackson model, right, um, uh, of the corporate shakedown. But. In, uh, in all honesty, it's almost gone from the shakedown to the handshake behind the back, right? Where, you know, companies pay the human rights campaign huge sums. You know, I, I, I'd implore your, you know, audience, just Google or go to DuckDuckGo and type in human rights campaign corporate sponsors. It's a who's who of Ameri- leading American companies across industries. So they pay the human rights campaign on the one hand for the human rights campaign then to dictate corporate action on the other hand. So they're, they're basically paying their own masters in, in that sense. And so 
if they were paying them to go away, that'd be one thing, but they're paying them and then allying their actions with the policies that are promoted by the human rights campaign, including obviously the big push for transgenderism that is at the it, top of the forefront you know, of the far left movement. Justin, when you look at the, the, I guess you would say the clientele of Disney, um, I mean, this doesn't make sense when you, the, the people they're trying to reach to draw into their amusement parks. No, it doesn't. And that's where, again, the parents have a voice and they're, they're not using it, right? So this is supposed to be a family-friendly company. It is anything but. It's, it's offensive to um, the, the traditional American family. And so I think that, again, even if you're not an investor, you, you know, again, 92 bucks will get you a voice in that room. But if you are a customer or would be customer, but are outraged by what you've seen, let Disney know. Don't be outraged in silence. You know, if you post something on your Twitter or Facebook, that's going to go to your family and friends who likely have shared your worldview already. That's yeah. not going to advance the cause. Post it on Disney's Facebook page. Tweet at Disney. Call their customer relations office. Call and cancel your trip to Disney and let them know why you're doing so. Because, again, there are employees within Disney that share our values, Tony. They just feel very silenced and stuck in a right. corner right now. So if the Disney employees hear from the outside, that's going to embolden them. Good advice. Good advice. Justin Danhoff, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Tony. Have a great day. And, folks, to find out more about what Justin is doing, go to TonyPerkins.com. Also, the poll results will be there, but I'll give them to you very quickly. 92% of you say it is long overdue to end the federal government mask mandates. All right. Until next time. What the Apostle Paul says, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.